Happy Father's Day. I'm excited. I hope y'all are ready. I, I want you to know that in the first service, I told them that they had to step up because the second service was the rowdy service. So when I ask this question, I need y'all to participate with me. Who's ready for the word today? Okay. Okay. Y'all still got it. Still got it. I, I do want to say happy Father's Day. My Stepdad and father-in-law and dad are all here, and so I'm excited to get to celebrate with y'all, and then I get to baptize my little boy at the end of this service. Come on. And my best friend, who's the closest thing I got on planet Earth to a brother, um, he's baptizing his boy, so it's like my nephew and my son, so I'm pretty jacked up, but I don't want to rush through it, just so y'all know, because I got a word today. I'm just telling you, I've been sitting on go on this word because, give you all a little background, when God called me back here, simultaneously, he gave me this. And I knew that it wasn't just a vision for our home, and we've been operating kind of in this vision for our home for a long time, but it was a vision for this house. And I'm ready to let it out because I've been, I've been chomping at the bit. I knew I couldn't preach it during quarantine. But I knew I had to let it rip as soon as we got back. And so this is week four of, everybody say this, Jesus on money. money. Oh, I'm nervous. Mark's preaching on money. Don't be. This is to help. This is to set you free. And it's what Jesus said, so we probably should do it. Y'all with me? What this is, if you haven't seen this series is it's the week that we call Holy Week in some places, but it's the week Jesus would enter in Jerusalem, die, and raise again. That week, Jesus talked about money five different times. It's actually six, and I'm going to show you the sixth one as he's entering into Jerusalem today. But it's five specific things, and this one is how we handle money today. How we handle money today. So, I want to start with the one passage that should kind of be tied in, but it's not. But this is kind of where we're going to kick the whole message off today. And it's Luke chapter 19. This is entering into Jerusalem. Y'all look at this. It says, as they heard these things, as Jesus was moving with them and the disciples heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem. So y'all remember the palm branches are about to be waving. They're shouting Hosanna. It's Holy Week. And it says, it says because they supposed that the kingdom was to appear. So what everybody thought was about to happen with the palm branches was Jesus was going to ride in on this, on this cold. It was going to be amazing. And all of a sudden, this magic kingdom was going to be built. Like Disney World. Come on, somebody, right? That's not what happened, is it? Because he had to die in order for the kingdom to come and you and I to be able to have salvation in his name. But that wasn't understood. But he did a great job right here telling us what we got to do. Watch this. It says, he said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Everybody say return. Has Jesus returned yet? That is weak. Has, the answer is no. I'm going to just give everybody. The, has Jesus returned yet? No. So this is us. It says, calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minus. That is just a wage. That is not a ton of money. The, the one I'm going to show you next and the real one that I'm going to preach from today is a ton of money. This is really just some wage. This is, this is what you would earn as a salary. And it said, he said to them, watch this. I need everybody to say this loud. Engage in until I come. 
engage in business until I come. Engage in business until I come. The King James says, occupy until I come. I like how that sounds. Occupy. But in the Greek, it means to trade, to do business, to not sit on your hands. And I need y'all to know something as I'm kicking this message off because I am going to spit and get after it today. And I hope y'all are ready to receive a spitting and get after an inept message. (laughs) This is talking about money. This is not talking about being a good person. This is talking about what God puts in your hand and what you're going to do with all that stuff. All that stuff. Okay, just move on. Some of y'all don't know. Too saved in this room. We don't know what we're talking about. But it's literally talking about money and what you do when it hits your hands. And I came to tell you today something important. It's go time. Come on, somebody. Say, it's go time. It is not time to sit around and sing kumbaya and pray in a circle without going. God has not called us to to be monks where we light candles and just sit around and hope. I believe prayer is critically important, and you're going to see that in just a minute. But it's go time. But watch this. It's go time does not mean to be a fool. It's go time does not mean that you get to decide on your own what you get to do. Because a lot of people have been wandering aimlessly. Watch. And you're good people that love Jesus. But you don't understand why God won't bless you. Now look at me. I'm a little bit of a hybrid preacher that everybody thinks is weird. Because I believe in the blessing of God. But I don't believe in the blessing of God outside of his principles. And a lot of people just want to sit around and say, give it to me, Jesus. And he done did. And you ain't did nothing with it. So where we're going is, everybody say his way. See, one of my favorite passages, I love this because I believe what Romans 11, what Paul said to the Roman church is that we are grafted in as God's chosen. I'm an adopted son, but I'm now a son. And so the promises to Israel in the Old Testament I can claim as my own today, which means in Deuteronomy 28 where it says I'm the lender, not the borrower, and the head and not the tail. Watch, don't miss this. I can be that. Did you notice I said can? Did anyone else notice other than the three people that noticed it? I can, but that is not a guarantee. And the problem is the church reads it as a freaking guarantee, and then we pray that God will bless us so we can show how much we got. You aren't the point. Jesus is the point. And the reason we are to get blessing and then build blessing is not so we can say, look at at my blessing, but so we can do what the nobleman was calling us to do, and that is until I come back, do business. Why? Because everybody needs Jesus. And I ain't even got started yet. I'm going to sweat in this one. Y'all, the reason I'm passionate is because I believe the church, I'm talking about capital C, is that the right way? I don't know. One of them. Just, I can see it as a C. Y'all can see it as a backward C. I believe the church has done this wrong for generations. Because for far too long we've been sitting on the sidelines begging that God's people would give. But never stewarding what came in our hands. And as a result, we sound like freaking beggars or the borrower. And we never operate in God's system how he called us to do it. And it's pretty easy if you read the Bible. It's just not easy to do. I should have said it's pretty simple. 
but it's really not easy. So look at this. This is the fourth installment. This is Matthew 25. This is the next to last thing he teaches in the temple before he'd go get arrested later that day. And it says, it will be like a man, Matthew 25 verse 14, going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one of them he gave five talents. Pause. Did y'all know that a talent is almost right at 2.9 million, almost $3 million a talent? Someone say, no, I did not know that. Huh? First of all, let's be honest with ourselves. Most of us think that the parable of the talents is about your gifts. Newsflash. If you want to teach it that way, then you can be wrong. But this is about money, 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 money. And it's about millions of dollars. In this case, it's 15 million that he entrusted his person with. By the way, just side note, but this is my ADD, so squirrel, go with it. In the, parable, in the parable that Jesus is teaching about forgiveness in Matthew 18 where he says there's 10, listen, 10,000 talents that they owed the king. Do 10,000 times 3 million. Can't do it at the top of my head. It's, a blah, blah, blah. That's, it's that much. We can't pay it back. That's how awesome Jesus is. Come on, somebody. That's what he forgave us for. But in this case, he's given one, five talents, which is around $15 million, and to another two talents, which is around $6 million, and another one, which is around the equivalent of, because it was property, $3 million worth of property and stuff, according to each of their ability. Now, know this. God's not mad at you or like you more if he gave you different abilities. He has a purpose for you. The purpose for you is to build his kingdom, to do a specific role, to fulfill a destiny in him, not in you. And, and, and just because someone looks like they have more ability, they have different abilities. He gives you what you need to accomplish what he put in you to do. Just know that. It's that simple. And then he goes away and says, do business till I come. Occupy till I come. He went, excuse me, he would receive five. Everybody say five. Went at once and traded. That's what that, the word do business, that, that's what the word means to barter, to trade, to make it more with them. And he, what's this word? Say it loud. Made. Say it again. Made. Huh. I thought he was supposed to give it. Skrrp, skrrp. That's where the crickets come, right? Isn't he supposed to give his money to God? He's supposed to give the first tenth. And it's not even give. Y'all learned this a couple weeks ago. It's give back. It's return. And then he's to take what God puts in his hands and he's to do business. When should I give more? When God says, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Keep going. He made five talents more. So also the one with two made two more. But the one who received one talent went and dug a hole and hid it in a mayonnaise jar. Y'all know what I'm talking about, some of you. Some of you don't, if you don't know what a mayonnaise jar is, help us, Lord. Right? It said, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five came forward, bringing five more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents, $15 million in, in, in this picture worth of stuff. And here I've brought you $30 million back. Watch this. It says, his master said to him, say it loud. What's it say right there? Well done. So the well done's might not just be for the ones that put tracks out. 
it got quiet. Did I hurt your feelings? The well done's might be for what God has given you, and you don't just sit on it or, or think that it's for you. But you double it, and you bring it back to God, and you say, this is what I did with what you put in my hands. You were, you've been faithful over a little, so I set you, I put you in the place over much. Many people in this room listening to me and watching online have been begging God to set them over much when you've never been faithful with what he put in your hand in the first place. I need to stop praying that God would give me more and start occupying until he comes. If I'm not faithful with what he's done in my hands, then I'm wasting breath praying that he would do more for me. I actually should probably pray, God, do less until I can figure out what your principles are in the first place so I can do what you've called me to do because I'm actually hurting you by getting more. And then he says, enter the joy of your master. I love that. And then the one that had two is the exact same words. Master, you delivered two. I've made two. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. Enter the joy. Good job. But watch this. This is the sad one. This is where I believe the American church is today. I don't care how many people dislike this message. I believe they should read the Bible. And I love them with the love of the Lord. Won't he do it? The one that received one came forward saying, Master, I was so scared. You're a hard man reaping where you don't sow, gathering where you scatter. I don't know what to do. So what I did, I was afraid, and I just dug a, a hole in the ground, and I put it in a mayonnaise jar. But I didn't lose it. Now watch, pause. What if God judged us the way that he's judging them because at least this cat didn't lose it? It shouldn't be silent right there. That's good, Pastor. I agree. Keep going. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I scattered no seed. You ought to have invested my money at least with a banker. So at least I could receive the interest. Take that talent from this cat right here. That's exactly how he said it too, just so y'all know. And give it to the one with 10. That's harsh. Or is it? Or is it? Maybe it's just that we're not occupying until he comes. For everyone who has will be given. And everyone, and he will have and say it loud and proud. We pray for an abundant life, but we're not living the abundant life that God put right in front of us. So we need to stop praying for that and start looking with our eyes that God gave us. And say, I will do what you say, God. Because I believe with all my heart what John 10, 10 said. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. But not if I do it my own way. But from the one who has not even what he has will be, say it loud, taken from me. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to tell y'all, I believe salvation is for anyone, look this way, who calls on the name of the Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead. I also believe that salvation is not the only point of why Jesus came. Otherwise, you would go to heaven as soon as you die, or as soon as you get saved. Excuse me, you do as soon as you die. I messed it up. Just go with it. I believe it would be, we'd immediately go to heaven. If that was the only point, 
I believe we're supposed to occupy until he comes. I believe what Jesus said in the model prayer in Matthew 6 is real. It wasn't just a cool thing to say so that before a game, you can put your hands in and say, I don't think that's how it's supposed to be done. I think we're actually supposed to live your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, somebody. And I think the problem is we, we go through motions and we know information about God, but we're not willing to do it God's way. And we get mad at God because we see someone that's blessed. And we have no idea if they've been doing it God's way or not. We just think that belongs to me. I deserve. Let me tell you what I deserve. Hell. Separation from God for all of eternity. So the fact that I'm a son blows my mind. And the fact that he gives me an opportunity, I don't care if it's a $10,000 job or a $10 million job. It's all his. And the fact that he lets me occupy till he comes is unbelievable to me. So what an opportunity to get this, to not stay stuck, to know it's go time. And I'm fixing to rip this up and throw something like a boomerang. I can't wait. So if you'll lean in and take notes, it's three simple things. It could not be more simple. I believe this can change your life because forever we've looked at money and we thought, how much do I have to? What do I need to? But this is it. It's as simple as this. Do business till he comes. Do it his way. But there's one specific thing you got to do. You got to know how to get it. And you got to know how to get going. So everybody say how. Thank you for asking. This is how. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me, write down the, come on, write down the, write it down. Write the vision down. Write the vision down. Don't just think someday I might wander and aimlessly get there. Listen, in your business, this is free. If you don't know Jesus, this will help you. If you don't have a vision, then you don't know where you're trying to go. Write down the vision. It says then make it plain. Make it plain. Don't make it complicated where it's got ten lines. You, if you can't understand it, I promise they can't. You're welcome for that. And the last one is so that I can go. Who reads it? So that when God's given me something and I make it plain, I don't have to wonder and wander. I can just say, that's it, let's go. That's it, let's go. So number one, write down your, come on, say it like you mean it, write down your, now we're finna have fun. Write down your vision. What do you mean, Mark? Like a minute ago you said the church and like they're doing something wrong and the capital C church and they're doing it right. They're preaching Jesus. Yes, they are. And then they're taking Jesus' money and they're wasting it. What do you mean they're wasting it? I mean, have you ever heard a church say, I'm going to try to take five and make ten? No, that's the, the church ain't supposed to do business. Oh, for real? Which Jesus was talking about that? Come on. Hey, I know I'm messing with your theology. But I'm supposed to. Come on. The reason it's never happened is because, oh, I just got to say it. It's okay. I'm tired of hearing denominational letters. I'm not talking about any one denomination. I'm talking about a lot of denominations. We just really need more money. <laughs> if we could just get five more million dollars, we could send missionaries. What did you do with the 50 from last year? I'm going to stand here till somebody yells and says, I agree. Like, for real, I'm asking. 
y'all got half a million dollar freaking salaries. Instead of occupying till I come, you can give a half million dollar salary all you want once you double your money. But why are you wasting it? I don't care if you don't like it, I'm right. Come on. Watch this. Why do we do this wrong? We don't do this. Where there is no prophetic vision. Now, now the, the King James says where there is no vision, the people will perish. But in the Hebrew, that's not what it means. It means prophetic vision. Prophetic vision. What is a prophetic vision? God said it. Someone say God said it. If God didn't say it, I don't want it. You know the problem? Ooh, I'm going to offend. If you don't get offended in this message, it ain't from like a trying. <laughs> hey, listen. I love Dave Ramsey. Do I think Dave Ramsey's principles work? Yes. Do I think he's bad? Of course not. He's great. I think he loves Jesus, but he ain't God. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> okay. This is awkward, right? I mean, I, and listen, financial peace works, but there's one peace that is missing, the Holy Ghost. And I think, I think it's beautiful, and I think most people's problems are a lack of discipline when it comes to money. They just spend whatever they get. They, wreck, they, they, they get stuff on credit cards. They just they go, 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 go. So in principle, it works because you've never had discipline in your life. But I can't know where God ultimately wants to take me if I don't have a prophetic vision. How do I get it, Mark? Thank you for asking. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord is my, say this. It's interesting. It starts with pro. The word pro means he's gone before me. God gives us the pro in my vision. But if it's not a pro vision, then it wasn't from a prophetic word. And I am responsible for my own, say the word, say it loud, vision. I'm the provider, so I have to bring the provision. If you'll get the vision from God, he'll bring the pro to the party. The problem is... We sit around kumbaya and playing worship music, praying in tongues, doing whatever you do. Bring the money, Holy Ghost. He done did. What did you do with it? So this is my question. This is my question, and we're going to keep going. Can you tell me what God's told you, not Mark, not the organization, what God's told you individually, what your family is supposed to do with the money that God brought to your house? Because if you can't, that means you didn't ask him. You know the Bible says we have not because we, huh, I'll be done. I wonder how many times I've gotten out of the lanes that God's called me to because I've never asked him the lane that he wants me to run to. This is where I'm going to cast vision that I believe God's called this church to operate in. And as God is my witness, I've never heard a church say this in my life. But I, I, I've yet to figure out why. By 2030, not 50 years from now, by 2030, my goal that I believe God specifically called us to is every dollar that you give back to God goes directly out into the kingdom. It doesn't pay the lights. It doesn't pay salaries. It doesn't pay anything. How, Mark? How is that possible? Because as we go, we operate as fast as we can debt-free. We accrue only debt that will appreciate, and we get out of debt as fast as we can. And then as we save, we invest. 
so that if God gives us 10 million, watch this, this is crazy, we bring back 20 to him and say, what next? Make it 40, yes, sir. Make it 80, yes, sir. What if a crazy group of people got together and said, we're going to keep giving because we know that we can attack a country and say, we're going to get that country fresh water and sanitation. Why? Because we stewarded God's money that he gave us in the first place instead of begging for sanitation and all those things. If you'll just give, if you'll just give, if you'll just give, but what you're really saying is, if you'll give, we'll take a tiny percentage off the top and give it away because we got to pay ourselves. I'm tired of that crap. And I want to do it the same thing in our personal finances. I've written a personal finance vision for my home and for this home that we will do what God said. Now watch this. In the beginning, it's going to blow your mind. In the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, he said he got together with himself. That's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He said, let us make man in his image, in my image is what he said. And then verse 27, he made us in his image. Verse 28, watch this, this is crazy. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. We think that means children. Some of y'all need to stop being fruitful and multiply. (laughs) I believe that principle works in every single area, and if you don't operate that way, you'll miss the point. This is be fruitful and multiply. So in my home, whether it's millions, that is beside the point. I may be a one-talent man, but I'm going to bring back two. So how do I do that, Mark? Once I get the vision, once I get the vision, I've got to make it plain through prayer. I've got to make it plain through prayer. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him, let him, let him ask. Because God gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to you. And once you know what God has told you to do in your life, listen, write this down, stamp it. Put it on your refrigerator so you see it every time you open that door. Some of us, it's more times than others. Just just go with it. You got to stick with it. Listen to me. You got to stick with it. This is why I think vision is so important and to make it plain so important. Mark, what should I spend money on? If you don't ask this question, then you're missing the point. What should I be spending money on? Number one, I return to God what belongs to him. Number two. If that's the vision that God gave me, to build God's kingdom, to build God's kingdom and multiply his money, then if I'm not doing what he's called me to do, I get outside of the lanes that he called me in, which means I'm a swamp. And the reason that some of you are 30 years old and you have to have the nicest car and have to have the nicest stuff is because you look at a 70-year-old man who has stewarded God's money his entire life and has good means, and you say, I need what he's got. I need what she's got. They don't got it because they're dumb. They got it because they did it God's way. That's for God's people. That's for God's people. I am here to tell you this, and I think it's important, and I think you need to know this. You don't have to do it God's way. You don't have to. There's another way. Matter of fact, I believe the Bible says in Matthew 7, this is the broad way. But its end is destruction. What do you mean, Mark? I mean that if if you're making $35,000 a year and you're not stewarding it well, if you're not saving, if you're not investing, if you're not thinking critically, if you're not listening to God and doing what he says, then you can get promotion 
But listen, do not miss this. But if you ever get promoted outside of doing it God's way, it's not from God. Which means that I've been promoted by my own merit, and that's my provision. And I'm here to tell you, you are building a kingdom. It's just not God's kingdom. And I've got to be very careful treading on that one. Because once I start down the road of building another one's kingdom, the only chance to change is repentance, which literally means to turn and change my mindset. I want to do it God's way. But I'll never do it God's way as long as I try to be important, as long as I try to amass great wealth, as long as I try to aggress, excuse me, amass great stature. But I'm not the point. And so no matter how much I amass, the whole point is to give it all back and show him this is what I did with my time. And y'all, I believe some people guilt give sometimes, and I don't think you should ever give money guilty. I think you should do exactly what God tells you to do. How do I know what God told, told me to do? If any of you like wisdom, let them ask. And we get stuck, and we get stuck, and we say, maybe next time, maybe I'll do it his way, maybe whatever, but stop frivolously spending. It's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. Y'all, if you're spending more than you're making, that's a lack of, say the word, discipline. And there's no wisdom. And you'll find yourself in frustrations where you got debt up to your ears. And I'm just telling you, I believe what God's word says, that we're the lender, not the borrower, the head and not the tail. But not undisciplined. Now watch this. I believe when we do things God's way, it's, it's a narrow road with very few fines. But it's, it's a path with guardrails up. Matter of fact, Psalm 1 describes it as a tree planted by the river. Rivers have banks. I don't get outside of my banks. I'm planted in his word. And when I operate that way, I do exactly what he says. But once I decide I'm not going to do it God's way, can y'all be honest with me today? Many of you walked in here today and you felt like your world was going in circles. Someone say yes, if you agree with that. Do you know why? The enemy doesn't want you to reach your eternal destiny in Christ. So he'll give you whatever you want as long as you don't get on God's path. But what's crazy is I get through year after year and I'm like, dude, I feel like I've ended up in the same place. You probably have because you're doing it your way and then you pray on the back end and say, God, please bless this. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Does he love you less? Absolutely not. He loves you so much, but he gives you free will to let you decide how much really do I trust him. And most of us love the concept of God enough to at least come to church, which I'm grateful for, and maybe even get in the Bible every once in a while. But to sell out, to sell out where I get in his word and I go after him and I say, if you say it, I'll do something crazy. I'll do anything you say, God. Clear my bank account out. That sure don't feel right, but I'll do it. Why? You called me to it. When should I not do it? When he doesn't say it. With all due respect, and I promise I'm not talking about any organization, I don't watch infomercials and feel guilty and all of a sudden give all my money away. When do I do it? When God says it. How do I know God said it? Because I know God. Because I don't spend just before my meal in prayer. Can I tell y'all something? I'm not your God. I'm not trying to be funny. 
You need one high priest, and the Bible says in Hebrews that that is Jesus, not Mark. I get to be a pastor, but I need our high priest just as much as you do. I'm just as lost and just as wandering and just repeating cycles of this life as long as I don't listen to him and do exactly what he says. How do I have such confidence that God will do what he said he would do? Because every step of the way when I've done what he asked me to do, he's provided more than I needed every step of the way. And I can't wait to begin to operate this way because I believe the church, capital C, can be changed and we can be a tiny little model in the big wheel that is the church but the last one is you got to read it and go now listen this is my closing but I need y'all to get this because I think this is the coolest thing ever I looked up what the word go means in the Greek what does the word go mean because you can look Jesus's final words in Mark go and preach the gospel to all nations in Matthew 28 Go and make disciples in all nations. When Jesus was dealing with the woman caught in adultery in John 8, he said, go and sin no more. Here's what the word go means. Watch this. It's this word, blah, 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 whatever it says, but it's a passageway. Go isn't just, all right, I'm going, God, where you want me to go? Go as I receive it, and then I'm on my way. And I'm changed. I'm changed. I'm transport, moving something from one destination port to another. Figuratively, it means I go or depart, but it emphasizes the personal meaning in me, which is attached to reaching my personal destination in Christ Jesus. Why do so many people never fulfill destiny? Because destiny is a great word that lots of people like to preach, but it's just unfulfilled potential in most people. The saddest place to go in the world is a graveyard. Why? Because it's unfulfilled potential in Christ. Just because you're in Christ doesn't mean you're operating in Christ. And the only way I do exactly what God's called me to do is if I listen to him and I say, yes, sir, I trust and obey. I trust and obey. And if you are wasting the resources that God's putting in your hands, if you've got to keep up with the Joneses or make people think that you're awesome, then the big picture that God's called each one of us to as a tiny piece I'm a teeny tiny little bitty piece of his big puzzle. But if my piece isn't in place, the puzzle doesn't work right. And I'm just aching because I think to myself, why have I wasted time? I don't want to waste any more time. Y'all, I believe in my heart what God really spoke into my spirit this week that for our church, the curtain is about to be pulled back. But not so that I'm known. Who cares? Not so that our church name's known. Who cares? For real. For real. Who cares? But so that his name is known around the world. And he's called us to change our world, which is the upstate, which is Greenville and Spartanburg counties. For right now, that is our world. But we're not going to do that if we aimlessly, frivolously want, 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 want and not with gratitude in our hearts say, look what you've done. Now I'll trade and make more. Now I will invest wisely. Now I'll go where you lead me to go. And once that switch gets flipped in my life where I say, I will only operate in what you say, but I will occupy until you come, 
I'll never look at this world the same. Because that, listen to me, that is when you're really all about Jesus. We love to say it's all about Jesus. As we're raking up, excuse me, I meant racking up debt, racking up self, racking up stuff. There's nothing wrong with a nice car at all. There's nothing wrong with a wonderfully big house at all, as long as that big house don't have me. But it's time for some people to step out and say, I will do business until he comes. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to close in just a minute. But in this worship song, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just ask God for wisdom. God, what is it that I need to open my hands up and say, you can have this part of my life? I've held on to this. I've tried to control this. But I'm ready for you to have all of me. Definitely including this part of me. Because I want to occupy until you come. So if you'll just stand and sing with us, this song goes so perfectly, y'all. I don't, I'm asking you for once. Normally I don't. I'm asking you, as you worship, don't worship. Pray. And ask God to speak directly to you. God, what would you have me do in this moment? God, not our will, but your will be done. God, I know. I know this message and this word is something that you've called me to lead. Our church and my home, both of my houses that I get to be in, I just want to do it so that everybody can know you and so that we can do this differently. God, I just want to declare in a prayer, I'm tired of the Mormon church doing this the right way and they don't even know Jesus. They own the Marriott Corporation and several other things and they're actually taking two and making four and meanwhile we sit as evangelical followers of Jesus begging for more money. God, we don't want to buy or trade or do anything that doesn't have your blessing and your name on it. So God, give us the wisdom to do business in your name until you come. We We just trust you, God. So God, in these worship moments, give us wisdom, spirit of wisdom and revelation. Enter our hearts and in this room, we love you. Amen.